You're listening to the Shut Up and Teach podcast. I'm your host, Elijah Carbajal. Let's get started. All right, everybody. This is Elijah Carvall, the host of the Shut Up and Teach podcast. I want to thank you all for coming back and uh, joining me for another conversation. This time around, I have two very special guests on the show today. They are educators. They are authors. They are experts in their own way, and uh, they have a really deep passion for um, uh, helping kids find the expert in themselves. Uh, so I'm going to let them introduce themselves here, but today I have the two authors of The Expert Effect. I have Zach Rondo and Grayson McKinney. Hello, Zach. Hello, Grayson. Hey, how are you today, Eli? I'm doing all hey, right. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, absolutely. Um, I have been like kind of stalking you guys on Twitter and like Instagram and all that <laughs> ever since I picked up The Expert Effect because I was like, like, and I'm like, I told you guys this before, um, before we started chatting, but I really do want to say this for anyone listening. Like this to me is one of the books that like, like I have my list of like, okay, this book, every educator should read this book, every educator should read. And that one makes it on the list. Um, and I'm not just like for real, not just blowing smoke. It to me was that impactful. And, um, I think it's something that if every educator got their hands on, like it, it could revolutionize their classroom. So uh, just want to start off with that and just say thank you guys, first of all, for writing that. And, and we're good. That's it. That's a great interview right there. We can, we can just end it with that. <laughs> Go by the expert effect. <laughs> no, thank you so much. That means a lot to hear. Um, Zach and I, you know, we spent about two years writing it after um, teaching in the same elementary school together for a number of years. And we feel the same way. We feel like um, when you when you put these like principles that we'll talk about, I'm sure today into practice, it really makes a magical classroom experience. It really makes a difference. And when you're there in the classroom as the teacher, like you can you can feel it. You 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 have the sense like wow, something really special is going on here. And you know we've heard from kids coming back over the years to visit us. You know after they've moved on to middle school and and even high school. Um, that it was memorable. We say it's, you know, we say that we're all about creating memorable learning experiences and kids come back and they, they prove it year after year that they, they did remember it and it did mean something to them. So I'm glad that it comes across in the writing too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, uh, thank you for that. And we're gonna, we're gonna dive right into this. If you guys are ready, um, uh, let Zach kind of introduce yourself first, tell a little bit about yourself, and then we'll uh, kick it over to Grayson. Yeah, I'm Zach Rondo. Um, I'm a fourth grade teacher in Troy, Michigan. This is my ninth year of teaching. It's crazy. We're kind of getting close to wrapping up the, uh, the school year here. Um, I have taught, I taught two years of third grade, and this is my seventh year teaching um, fourth grade. Um, I come from a background of educators. My mom has owned a daycare for 38 years now. Um, my grandma was a part of that. My aunts are teachers. So it's kind of always been something that 
I've wanted to do, but I really got into teaching through um, the summers of college. I worked as a day camp counselor um, and I, I became a day camp director for the third and fourth grade camp. And that kind of like showed me these are the age um, age group of kids I want to work with. So that's kind of my journey in education. And I'm excited to be here today with you, Eli. Awesome. Grayson. Yeah. Um, so as you said, my name is Grayson McKinney. This has been my 15th year of teaching. And um, I've taught every grade level from kindergarten through sixth grade. Um, I started out as a multi-age teacher in um, Southeast Michigan, teaching fifth and sixth grade. And uh, I was laid off after my first year right out of college and actually rehired in that same district to um, teach elementary Spanish. They had not had a uh, a world language program before, but it was an international baccalaureate, or they were they were looking into the international baccalaureate process. And to be one of those primary year program schools, you needed to have a world language. So they asked me to design um, uh, elementary Spanish, and I taught that for four years. And I moved districts after those four years, and I um, have been teaching fourth and fifth grade since. So I've kind of jumped around, but um, I've just like Zach, I've found my my home. I love the, uh, the upper elementary age kids, and um, yeah, we 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 have a good time. <laughs> nice. So a couple of things there, uh, Zach. I've uh, this is my eighth year of teaching, um, but like six of those years have been taught. Uh, I taught fourth grade as well, so it's cool to meet a uh, fellow fellow fourth yeah. grade teacher. And uh, Grayson, God bless you for teaching kindergarten. Like, <laughs> I'm a reading interventionist now. I have a small group of like, I'm seriously, it's like five kindergartners and they give me a run for my money some days. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I appreciate you guys. That's awesome. All right. Well, um, so uh, obviously I mentioned that you guys have the book out, The uh, Expert Effect uh, through EduMatch Publishing. Uh, I, you know, I've talked... I've hyped it up. Now you guys have to follow up with that. No, uh, but <laughs> uh, for real, I'm going to give you guys this time uh, to kind of share uh, anything you'd like about the book, uh, you know, that you guys like to highlight now. Uh, Grayson, if you'd like to start us off and then Zach, you guys can just kind of go back and forth with that. Sounds good. Yeah, sure. So as I mentioned, we started um, I, when I came to the district that we're currently in, which is Troy School District in, in uh, Troy, Michigan. I was teaching fourth grade for one year, and then my second year there, um, we were opening up uh, to have a, a new section added. And Zach was um, had just graduated from Central, came in to interview in the we had a, we had started with a long term sub, came in to interview in the second week of the school year, and he actually came into my classroom to teach that you know demonstration lesson, and. Uh, things went very well, you could say, because soon after he he found himself teaching a couple doors down the hall for me. Um, I think it was a couple years after that we it was just the two of us. We we actually dropped back down to only two sections. We're kind of a smaller school, and um, our principal came to us with this idea. She had visited a school out in uh, Missouri that actually had two two classroom teachers per per um, they called them learning labs. And she was like, you know, it'd be so cool. You guys are the only two male teachers in our school. You're the only two fourth grade teachers in our school. Wouldn't it be cool if we tried something unique? And we have these flexible walls inside of our building that kind of can open up and make a larger space. And so we we're like, you know what? Yeah, that would be that would be cool. We could we could might be able to do some really cool things. So we opened up the wall and 
we started the school year and we had uh, 56 fourth graders and the two of us in this giant classroom. And um, we were overwhelmed to say the least. I think the first couple of weeks were like, what did we get ourselves into? What is this going to be like? But over the course of that year, um, we figured out, you know, we couldn't just keep teaching uh, the way that we had always been taught, the way that we had always been teaching. We had to figure out a new way to, 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 um, to do things in order to make this work. And so that year, like kind of we experimented with uh, flexible seating. Uh, we experimented with project-based learning and transformed this, you know, um, just, you know, it was kind of not, not to say unruly, it was just like a lot of people in one space, but we transformed it into like this work, you know, well-oiled machine where kids were like engaged in what they were doing. We didn't have the classroom management issues um, that we had started with because kids were caring about what they were doing. And so many of the things that we tried that first year kind of carried over into how, how things have gone since. And so the book, um, The Expert Effect, actually came out of a lot of those experiences, a lot of the things that we learned about. Um, connecting students with experts outside of the classroom teacher, you know, getting kids to learn from um, experts in our community who are actually doing the work, doing the things that they're learning about in their curriculum, um, but they're actually able to bring a whole new level of expertise and knowledge and experience and insights that we as classroom teachers can't always do because that's just not our job. Um, and so, you know, getting kids to learn through Skype and Zoom with these experts, um, going on field trips and learning on location, um, you know, bringing people in and doing project-based learning, that's kind of like where the idea for the book started. Um, and we, you know, the more we did it and the more we practiced and the, the better we got at it, we kind of realized there are these three main parts. The first part is learning from experts. Um, this, like, as I mentioned, a few examples, but then the second part is becoming experts in their own right through project-based learning, getting really in, into something that they care about and, and learning about it while making some kind of product that's going to make the world a better place. And then finally, getting them to share their learning, teaching others as experts in the end, so that you're giving them an authentic audience to hear what they've learned, to hear their reflections on their journey. And um, when you put it all together, it really makes... Uh, incredible experiences, which I'm sure we'll talk talk a little bit more about those. Nice. Uh, Zach, anything you want, want to add to that? Yeah. Yeah. I would just add on that, like kind of the basis of the book is kind of just switching the mindset in education and teaching that teachers are no longer like, we don't have to be that storehouse of knowledge standing at the front of the classroom, dispensing everything that we've read from the textbook to our students and expecting them to memorize it for a multiple choice test like we can take it beyond that where when we follow these three parts and students are deeply engaged in a project and then at the end instead of a test you know um they can create a podcast episode or they can create a website or they can create a movie um kind of whatever one fits their passion most when we can do those things and kind of become like a learning facilitator in our classrooms it can really have a powerful shift and that's a lot of the examples and stuff we talk about in the, in the book yeah and, you know, there's, there's a couple of things that y'all mentioned that I, and I remember like when just reflecting from like my, uh, you know, when I went through the book myself, you, you, and what you said just reminded me of those things is that number one, like we don't have to be the expert and it takes a lot of pressure off of, off of us, right? Like, oh shoot, like this is coming up. I have to teach this, but like, I'm not, you know, I'm not the expert in this area. 
you know, I can call somebody else in or I can connect my students with somebody locally who does know this. It kind of takes the pressure off of off of your, off of yourself as a teacher, but then it also creates the real world application to it, right? So it's so uh, it's not just oh we're learning about you know the weather and you know all this stuff, but now we're hearing about it from a meteorologist, and now we're hearing about you know how it applies to the real world and all that. So I love those. I love that part of the book. Like that that to me is amazing. Yeah, Zach's got a great example about that, the weather um, example of what could have been just, you know, learning from the textbook and, and, and studying and, you know, watching YouTube videos, but it actually became something much, much more impactful. Do you want to share that one example? Yeah, yeah. So we were, we do this extreme weather unit every, um, every year and, you know, trying to pretend I know everything about extreme weather events that don't even happen in Michigan is not really authentic. So um, this one's actually not even my our example, but my teaching our teaching partner Amanda Oliver, um, she reached out to the local meteorologist in the news and sent an email and said, you know, hey, I know you're really busy. We're doing this project in school. Um, is it possible that you would you know Skype in with us? And he responded like within an hour and was like, hey, I'd love to help out, but instead of Skype, can I just come into your classrooms and and teach the kids you know about? It? I love coming to schools. Um, so he came the next week and then, um, you know, the kids were all super excited. He taught us all the behind this, behind the scene tricks and how he's in front of a green screen, not an actual map, um, all these things. And then he took a picture, put our classes on the news the next morning, um, you know, which of course amped up their learning even more thinking they're, they're famous for having a picture, um, in the news. But anyway, the end of that project was supposed to be like a poster about hurricanes, like very, like old school type um, presentation. Everyone's poster looks the same. It's the same five things. But since the kids were so excited, we just learned about this. We bought some green screens, hung them up in our classrooms, and the kids actually became meteorologists. And through the lens of like the first kid taught the causes of a hurricane, the next kid taught the effects of a hurricane, the next kid taught safety precautions, the same five elements that were supposed to be on their poster, just in like a much more deeper and impactful way that also connected with an expert and got them excited about the process. That's awesome. That's an awesome experience that you that you uh, created for your class and for your students. I'm glad they got that experience. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that example goes to show another really important principle, which is that people do actually love to help teachers because we have the best, you know, the best reason in the world because we're, we're working with kids and so like when we reach out to people, you know, sometimes we hear from, you know, we'll share our, our message with like pre-service teachers um, who are still in college or, or, or newer teachers. And they are kind of nervous about reaching out and asking, asking people like, hey, will you come into my classroom or hey, can you donate these materials or things like that? But we, we always encourage people just ask. The worst they can do is say no. But more often than not, um, you know, if they have bandwidth to, to handle that and like to come into a school and, and do it, they're, they're usually happy to. It's great for the, the, you know, the face of the company to show that they're helping, helping out with kids. And it's also great for the kids because they get to learn from a person who really knows what they're talking about and knows, uh, you know, makes it real for them. Just like you said, you know, we're not just learning this because it's in our textbook. We're learning this because this could be your career one day. You could go out and you could do this. If you like making green screen videos, like, you know, you might end up working at the Weather Channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely right. That's a, it's a great tip and a great, great point that you bring up. So yeah, educators listening, 
like use those resources that you have, reach out to folks and, and see what they can do for you. All right. So um, you guys, I, I mentioned, you know, you guys are, are kind of experts in your own way, um, but I see it as experts looking up to other experts, right? Artists look up to other artists, musicians to other musicians, educators to other educators. So are there educators that you've like that you've looked up to for a, for a while now or for, you know, just people that you're thinking of now that are like, man, that's an educator like that I follow that I think other people should follow because of the great work that they're doing. Um, so I'll let uh, Grayson, I'll let you, I'll let you take it away. Who are your educational uh, inspirations? Yeah, that's a great that's a great, um, great question. You know, the, the forward of our book was actually written by one that I would definitely recommend. Um, Trevor Muir is another uh, educator from Grand Rapids. He's written a couple of books. Uh, one is The Epic Classroom. And uh, one is, another is The, ep, uh, the col Collaborative Classroom. And um, something that I, I just loved here, I got to hear him speak in Jackson, Michigan a couple of years ago. And I got to hear him like talk about this experience with his high school students. And he was, um, you know, he talked about, he kind of bemoaned the same things that we, a lot of educators are like, oh, I can't believe I have to teach this, like punctuation, grammar, spelling, like he was an English language arts teacher. And, you know, when you're, when you're in the weeds, it's kind of like, yeah, why are we learning this? Why do you need to learn this? But he shared an example of a time when he got his students to actually um, he connected like the ELA standards with with social studies standards, and he got them interviewing um, was it World War II, I think it was World, mm -hmm. World War II veterans. And, um, you know, so because they were going to be going out into the field and talking to these people who actually knew, you know, knew the history, they were there, they were the, the important men and women who had, you know, fought to fought for freedom and all that. He got them um, to really practice their interviewing skills. And he said, you know, since you're gonna be recording what they're saying, like you need to have the spelling and punctuation because it, it you know, because when you, when we're gonna document these, these words and these stories, like you want it to be legible, you want it to be um, good enough to share with other people. And he actually got his students to create um, a documentary with all of these interviews where they were, um, you know, practicing skills like video editing, their, their interview skills, and then rented out a, or maybe got donated a local theater where they were actually going to show this documentary and, and, and invite the World War II veterans in to see the video that they had put together in order to, um, to celebrate their, like this culmination of learning. But like just hearing him like take, you know, take the ideas about the things that make, make teaching a little bit tedious at some time, at times. But he found a way to make it real and engaging and authentic for his for his students. And it was like a once in a lifetime opportunity for those those veterans. Like it was just such an inspirational story. And he tells it much better than I do. But, um, you know, that was kind of one of the inspirations for like, yeah, you know, what? we can take what we are doing in fourth grade and fifth grade and we can make it real. We can we can find a way to make it authentic for for kids to really care about these things. And um, I would say that was one of the most pivotal like inspirational talks that I had, I had heard. Yeah, uh, for me to come to mind uh, right away, I think of, um, you know, after my first year teaching, I think everyone can relate. Your first year teaching is just like survive in advance day after day after day. And just like, especially as Grayson mentioned earlier, I got hired on the second week of the school year. So I had no time to 
prepare my classroom or make it look good. Like I was just, I was thrown in, I was in it. So I will like never forget that summer after my first year teaching um, was when the book Teach Like a Pirate came out. And I feel like that was like the first of these educational books. And that like was such a pivotal moment and um, Teach Like a Pirate by Dave Burgess. And something that still I think about all the time as he says, um, I might be paraphrasing a little bit, but how can we, you know, make learning an experience, not just like sitting there and getting, but how do we make it an experience? And he has so many examples in that book. Um, but I think about that all the time, like, how can I take this lesson and make it an experience? Um, how can I take it somewhere else? That's something I read in, I think it was 2015 and still, still sticks with me today. So that one jumps out to me right away. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, uh, I love uh, Trevor Muir's work. I haven't actually read Trevor Muir's work. I've heard of him and I follow him. Uh, so I'm going to have to check out his work. Um, and then Dave Burgess is, is yeah, Dave Burgess is kind of the man. <laughs> uh, Teach Like a Pirate is, is big time influential as well. Another one of the books that I'm like, every I think every teacher should read this book. So, um, so those are educational in, uh, influences. What about non-educational influences like who do you who do you follow who do you listen to like people like that that you look up to that and 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 why does it like inspire you like personally is it for education like yeah we'll go with we'll go with zach <laughs> yeah um i i listen to a ton of like podcasts and audiobooks that's like part of the reason i started a classroom podcast um but actually you know, a lot of times I'm not listening to educational podcasts. Um, one that I've listened to for many years is called uh, The School of Greatness with Lewis House. Um, and it just like his kind of actually his like thesis of calling it the school of greatness is like things they don't teach you in school, like you never learned in school, but it kind of cycles through a lot of some of the things are about um, about health and just like taking care of yourself. Other things are about your mental health and your emotional health. Um, and I always find that, especially with teaching, can be such a draining and especially these last two years, such a stressful um, profession that we kind of need to like focus. And that that podcast, um, along with one, I forget the name, by Ed Milet, kind of same, um, same ideas of just kind of like centering yourself and, you know, inspiring me to think about things and take my message, you know, bigger and um, believing in myself. So I think those kind of things have always inspired me. And without like the confidence gained from that, I don't, I don't know that I would have like wrote in a book or been speaking at conferences and stuff like that. Nice. Grayson. Um, that's a, that's a good question. And I, I do listen to a lot of educational podcasts. I'll share one. I, I mean, I'm, if you learn from somebody, they're an educator, right? So <laughs> they're, they're teaching in their own way. Um, one person I'll just give a big shout out to is uh, Amber Col Coleman Mortley. She is uh, a mom and a podcaster and a social media influencer. She has um, the podcast Let's K-12 Better. Um, but just in the last like two years, you know, I've just learned so much about social justice and like activism from her and her family. Um, her family has been inspirational to my, to my own. Um, I'm married and I have, I have three living children and, you know, we've just made it a mission in our, in our family to do more um, and to speak up against things that we, we find, um, you know, unjust. And so, you know, her family, if you haven't listened to her, uh, let's K 12 better. Uh, you can follow her. She's a mom of all capes as well on Instagram and Twitter. 
and she's just a great um, a, a civics educator. Um, I would I would call her. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that's a good point you guys bring up. If you if you teach somebody something, you are an educator. I love <laughs> that. So, um, so we talked. Uh, you both mentioned uh, some podcasts you're listening to. Um, this next question, I love to ask. Um, uh, so you guys mentioned a little bit about that, but I'm going to ask again. What are you listening to? What are you reading? And or what are you watching, uh, Grayson? Um, well, right now you're you're wearing a punk rock classrooms T-shirt, and <laughs> I have to say, um, our Zach and I were we had just had a conversation with Mike Earnshaw and about uh, education a couple of weeks ago. But that one was a, a podcast I was very excited for because I love the intersection of music, um, bringing you know bringing that punk rock mentality into the classroom. Um, and then one of the coolest suggestions that I've heard recently actually came from um, a regional teacher of the year in Michigan um, named Jessica. Can't remember her last name now, but she was she's from the Flint area in Michigan. And one suggestion she said was um, bringing in those uh, tiny tiny desk concerts from NPR into her classroom. Like you know, she, her presentation was uh, all about mindfulness and ways to get kids like more. Um, regulated social, socially and emotionally. And she said, just like bringing music into the classroom is a great way to do it and getting kids to, you know, suggest um, what she called them bops for the morning as they're coming in or as they're cleaning up at the end of the day, like you get to know your students so well through the music that they're interested in. And, um, but then you can also expose them to uh, music that are outside of their comfort genres um, through those tiny desk concerts um, that NPR hosts. Um, it's a great way to expand your own musical horizons too. But um, I've got uh, my playlist. I'm like you, I've been running a lot. Um, I've been, I'd finished my first half marathon last fall and I've got another one coming up over Memorial Day. And so I've got my, uh, my running playlist and I'm like, like uh, old school pop punk. Um, those kinds of jams keep me, keep me motivated and moving through my, my early morning runs. Nice. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Zach. Um, what I've been listening to, I am a, like I said, big proponent of podcasts. I mentioned a lot of educational ones, some personal growth ones. Um, one thing that I certainly like to do at the end of the day when I'm either driving home or grocery shopping or, um, you know, I just, at that point in time, I cannot, my brain can't take any more educational content. We all need to shut off at some point. So I have two podcasts yeah. I listen to regularly um, that are hosted by ex-NHL players. I still to this day play uh, play ice hockey on Tuesday nights and I've always grown up doing that. So that's like my escape to just kind of hear these old NHL players that I used to watch growing up and tell their old stories. Um, that That's my escape. Um, for reading, I just read a good book recently um, by John Gordon Grayson, you'll laugh at this. It's called Row the Boat, and it was all about the Western Michigan football coach. Uh, Grace and I were great friends, but we have a rivalry where I went to Central Michigan University uh, and Grayson went to Western, but I saw this book on their uh, ex-football coach, now Minnesota coach, PJ Fleck, and I, I had to read it. And even though it was all about Western and their journey, I, I did enjoy it. Helps you appreciate the, the Broncos a little bit more. <laughs> Some good lessons in there. It's worth reading. <laughs> awesome thanks so much for sharing i appreciate it guys well uh i'm gonna we're gonna wrap up here now so thank you first of all both zach and grayson thank you so much for being on the show 
Um, I appreciate your time. And I want to make sure that educators and listeners uh, can get in contact with you guys. Um, how can they find uh, both of you? How can they get in? How can they get their hands on the book? And you sure. guys also, uh, sorry, and you guys also have another book that you, y'all just released too, the expert effect, like a, it's like an addition to it, right? Yeah. So um, coming up in May, on May 17th, I'm not sure when this is going to be released, but um, May 17th, we have a classroom companion book coming out to the expert effect, which is called the expert expedition. And so this is a, a picture book since um, we're both elementary teachers. Um, we, we wanted to give our colleagues and teachers around the world um, a way, a, an, an on-ramp to the expert effect. And so in the expert expedition, we take those same three ideas of getting kids to learn from experts outside of the classroom, becoming experts in their own right, and then teaching others as experts. And we turned it into a rhyming picture book. And um, we have an amazing illustrator who is in our same uh, school district, uh, who's a secondary ELA teacher uh, named Soraya Ali Ahmed. And uh, her whimsical, beautifully, it's like mixed media illustrations um, perfectly capture like this, this crossroads that kids are at right now, you know, the, it's got the whimsy and the magic of, of youth. And yet, you know, they're living in a world that's um, suffused with technology. So the pill, the, the pictures really go, go amazingly well with, with our message, which is that kids um, don't have to grow up and be adults to make a difference in the world. They can do it right from where they are. So yeah, the expert expedition is coming out May 17th, and you can um, find that on uh, the pre-order link is up now on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. And it will also be in the EduMatch store. Um, and then uh, you can find, uh, you know, keep, keep up with release information and all the cool stuff we're doing in our classrooms. I'm on Twitter at gmckinney2 and also on Instagram uh, with the handle experteffectedu. And I'm also on Twitter at, uh, at Mr. Rondo, R-O-N-D-O-T, um, and on Instagram at Zach Rondo. And then we've been working on um, creating a website that kind of goes along with our two books and we can keep all of our resources and things um, and get back to something we once did a lot of, blogging and adding some more um, content to follow up. And that'll be at experteffectedu.com. Uh, so I'm excited to, we've, we've been working on it got to add a few more things, finish it up, but we're excited to launch that um, and just continue to share valuable resources around this work and, uh, you know, hopefully highlight other educators who are doing this great work too. Awesome. Thank you very much, uh, Zach and Grayson. I'll be sure to put uh, your information in the description so that teachers and listeners can uh, find you and get connected with you. So uh, I want to thank you so much for your time, Zach and Grayson. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing and keep it up, keep inspiring. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks, Elijah. Thanks. It's been an honor. Yeah. All right, listeners. Well, I want to thank you for listening and I hope that you can get in, uh, get connected with Zach and Grayson and get your hands on the expert effect and the soon to, uh, to be released the uh, expert expedition. And uh, so thank you so much for listening. We will see you guys on the next show. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Shut Up and Teach podcast. I hope that you'll check out previous episodes and I hope that you'll share this with a friend or a colleague.